0: Welcome to another edition of Insert Name Here. I am your host, Ian A. Tarangi. I am an immigration attorney with the uh, firm of Rodriguez and San and also a uh, founding member of the Lucky So-and-Sos, member of the uh, One Love Massive Arts Collective.
1: And uh, with me today... Marcus K. Dowling. I'm the uh, creative director of Decades Nightclub. I'm also a journalist over the last 10 years for places like Vice and Pitchfork and Complex, uh, Red Bull, uh, a number of places, you know. And also working with uh, the D.C. government as far as the uh, 202 Creates Initiative uh, with the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, Entertainment, and the uh, D.C. Economic uh, Development Project. So, and, and and wrestling entrepreneur i am i am indeed capitalwrestling.com uh, uh you know one of the owners uh running a show on uh, october 14th very in very hoboken in new jersey so fantastic
0: yeah. what's your next dc is there one
1: we, we have up? a dc coming up in uh 2018 actually so there'll be there'll be more news about that soon it's definitely a big thing so yeah beautiful beautiful yeah so
0: for our regular listeners uh both of them um you may have noticed that that Scott is not here uh again. You may also have noticed that we took uh a week off or may have been two weeks off. But anyway, um Scott is not here. We 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 miss him terribly. Marcus yes. has Marcus has uh uh accepted my invitation to, to sit in again and um I'm, I'm thank you for, for oh, joining us today. Absolutely. So what this show is for uh you know any third listener who's joined in. Um, basically we talk about politics, what's going on, uh, here in D.C., what's going on nationally, uh, and also maybe get into some, some arts and other interesting stuff. Yeah. So today I wanted to do something a little bit different, a little bit different, um, is, you know, we, 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 we took the last two weeks off, uh, for hiatus and, and, uh, you know, we missed out on Charlottesville, um, and, uh, obviously that was. What would you say you really missed out? <laughs> we missed out talking about it Affair. on Affair. this show. On this show, yes. So, you know, obviously, there's a lot going on in sort of the public zeitgeist a- around issues of race and racism and white supremacy and, and 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 all of these issues and charges being thrown back and forth. This person's a racist. That person's a racist. And other people saying, "No, I'm not a racist." And that person's not a racist. How can that person has a Jewish daughter? How can how can he be <laughs> racist? You know, and and so. <clears throat> what I really wanted to do, and 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 this kind of came to a head yesterday, you know, with the whole Joe Arpaio thing, and we'll, you know, we'll 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 talk a little bit more about that, exactly. But with the whole Joe Arpaio thing that happened on Friday, I posted something on both Twitter and Facebook that basically just said, "Look, if you're a bigot, the president has your back." Yeah. I didn't really think that that was a particularly controversial statement, uh, but I did get a lot of pushback on Facebook, particularly, and. You know, just so people know, like I, I have conservative family, I have conservative friends. I do not defriend people from social media because of their political beliefs. I may mute some people <laughs> sometimes, so as not right. to, so as not to be blasted in the face with with it. And and I try not to be someone who blasts people in the face on social media. You know, particularly when there's friends and family. I like it to be about, you know, this is what my kids are doing, and this is what I'm doing, and you know, these are. Kinds of common ground things that we can all get behind, right? Uh, But I did feel particular need to just mention the fact that you know, if you are a white bigot in this country uh, in 2017, you have a friend in the White House, Uh, and that's that's
1: the expectation. I feel right. That's that's where we were. We were headed. And 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 and
0: one thing, the one thing that really got me throughout the campaign and in the first couple weeks of uh, this presidency is this whole notion that i hear from people on the right. And 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 it comes from something that we hear from people on, from people on the left. People on the left will say Donald Trump is a racist and they'll say it as though it's self-evident and i mean right. it is basically self-evident but you get a lot of pushback from conservatives and I, and i feel like there's either not a common understanding of what racism is or um or or or, or i don't know or maybe Maybe conservatives really know it and understand it and ju- are just trying to not give in to the whole, you smug liberals are obviously right, but I'm not going to, you know, uh, admit that. So I wanted to have this discussion today, Marcus, yes. where we can sort of like one set out kind of what is our c- operational definition of racism. Right. And then I wanted to go through, I, myself, and you can yeah. join me in this, oh, in course. this endeavor, uh, Want to make the case, Donald Trump is a racist. Our, the president of the United States is a racist. If you voted for him, you voted for a racist. Um, that doesn't mean that you're a racist. I'm not. I would never suggest that every person who voted for Donald Trump is a racist, but they all voted for a racist. They all were right. okay with it. It was a. I mean, that's that's a deal breaker for me, but it obviously is not for a lot of other people. Yeah. So let's 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 just jump right in here. I mean, definition a definition of racism. You know, I I googled racism, and this is the definition that pops up right up top the Google definition. A lot of people Google racism these days. A lot of people (laughs) Google (laughs) racism (laughs) these days. More so these days than other days, I guess. Exactly. Uh, It's prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a group of people of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Um, And to me, it's that second part of the definition that that is instructive in defining racism because you hear conservatives a lot of times say, you know, well, well, you know, we're the victims of racism by Black Lives Matter or by this yeah. or by that or, you know, the Nation of Islam or whatever. You it's, can pick you can pick your the new Black Panthers, you can pick your, you know, your your African American right boogeyman for for white culture and they will claim that they are the victims of right. racism. But I feel like we should delineate between beliefs about other races that are that that are seeking equal footing with those other races versus belief in the superiority of your race which inherently means the inferiority of other
1: races i mean i feel like there's there's two parts of this conversation that are important um the the sick perverted genius of donald trump in the two thousand two thousand sixteen 2016 presidential election is that he doubled down on the fact that black people believe that Barack Obama is the greatest black person that ever lived. So if Barack Obama is the greatest black person that ever lived, then that means that there is an inherent superiority in electing him president twice. Like you're electing the best of your race to be the president two times. So there's a level of reverse racism, which is not an actual thing, by the way. Right. That... Is the reasons in, we just dis, we just
0: stated, it. right?
1: That is inherent in that notion, and for and and it's the fact that like there was a a a a silent majority. Let's be honest, because Donald Trump won it. There a silent majority because these people didn't vote in two thousand eight or two thousand twelve. Donald Trump was able to double down into that silent majority, and say to them, "I am the best of you." <laughs> And I sorry, am running sorry. for president of the United States. And all I want you to do is to co-sign whatever it is that I'm going to say. And I'm going to say and do things that are in your best interest to support. And it's, it's almost, it's, it's <coughs> not almost, it's actually insidious. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that he's like, hey guys, so um, I, I'm going to uh, support white supremacy. <laughs> I'm going to support the 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 Nazi party. I'm going to support uh, people that believe that white lives matter too. You know, I'm going to support people that were in in Charlottesville, for instance, that feel the need to, you know, drive cars into massive groups of people. Yeah. Like those are those are his people, and those, those are people. Those are, those are people that feel that because the best of the black race was elected president, that it only makes sense and it's only fair. That we give white people the same opportunity to have the best of their particular side of the 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 white diaspora, let's say, for lack of a better term, have an opportunity to run the country. Well, the joke's on them if that's <laughs> if that's what they're going for,
0: right? Uh, I mean, you know, I would I I would add to this list. Um, you know, I think it's you can have racist policies. And then you can have racists. I mean, let's talk about racist policies for a second. Like to me, and and by no means do I uh, hold myself out as the authority. Um, you know, I was the guy who, right up until election day, believed that Donald Trump was not going to win because in 2016, the United States is not going to elect a racist. And then all my black friends proceeded to laugh at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. for, <laughs> I was one of them, for being yeah, so for, for, for for being so so silly and naive. Right. Um. But racist. Policies, to me, uh, I would define as um, you know, a policy that will negatively impact primor- primarily minority groups. Uh, I think of voter ID laws as sort of the 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 classic, the quintessential example of that. You know, you have a, a non-existent problem uh, that they're ostensibly trying to solve in you know the, the claims of voter fraud. But then what you end up doing is, in order to rectify the, you know, handful of cases nationally out of, you know, 130 million people who cast votes, right. there's probably a handful of people who voted at, weren't supposed to, and those were 99% probably mistakes, right? Uh, as opposed to someone actually trying to influence <laughs> a, and a national election right. by voting two or three times, by waiting two hours in line yeah. two or three times, Uh it's 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 ludicrous but the research that has come out um there's been some research recently that's come out that that says that Wisconsin uh may have seen because of its voter id laws upwards of 200,000 minorities Hispanics African Americans who were unable to vote and this is a state that Donald Trump won by like what 10,000? Yeah. 15,000 yeah. votes? So, you know, it was It was it was all sort of like in 2012. It was like, hey, this is this could be a problem. This could really be a problem. It turned out not to be a problem. And then I don't know if people went to sleep on it or what. In 2016, it was a problem. It's it's, and it's a racist policy. And if you support it,
1: it's not to say that you are a racist, but you're supporting a racist policy. Right. But I mean, the entire Trump election is all based on mathematics. It's based on the fact that they literally sliced and diced the country in such a way that they knew the exact number of people that were needed to elect the man as president, and in the case of states that were not necessarily going to do the numbers that were required, they engaged with the 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 nation of Russia in order to yeah. ensure that you know for every one vote for this person there were two votes for trump like you know it's 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 bananas, yeah. but absolutely the truth it is like And voter suppression based on race fits very comfortably into this narrative that we're talking about of engaging with people who are avowed racist. Yeah. And the fact that there are so many people who are racist in America is unfortunate, but also true. And for eight years, these are people who you have to understand could not speak or felt like they could not speak in America. Because the president the president, the guy who runs the country, had ever been black. It's so, like when the president is black, then that nullifies your voice. And you have to sit and watch things happen. And the thing with Obama is that he wasn't like a middle of the road, slightly conservative African American like a Ben Carson or someone, you know, who is, you know, currently in Trump's administration. Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, exactly. That. He's like or Colin Powell or whatever. He's like yeah. Uh, like Gay people can get, ma- can get married. I'm going to, you know, socialize health care. Like these are things I'm just going to do. And for people who are racist, like let's not put our, you know, air quotes around it. They're racist. Mm-hmm. They are like, this is literally the, the darkest day in the, the history of America. What can we do to stop it? And then Donald Trump shows up and says, I'm here, guys, I'm here. I'm right over here. Like I'm over here. I I, I want your support. I'll do whatever you guys need me to do. I'll happily do it too. Remember the, the birth. Guys.
0: Remember the birther
1: bit. That was me. That was me, guys. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, he's from Kenya. You know that. That was me. That was all me. Yeah. Known for hits like "He's from Kenya."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trump. Trump was definitely. Uh, he was like the. He was like the 1960s GOP cover band.
1: Oh God, totally. He's like. I mean, I think that the problem also...
0: We're going to play the welfare song. (laughs) Yeah. Then we're going to play the voter suppression song.
1: Yeah, like, I think that there's a thing that people forget. I think it dovetails nicely into your next point about Trump's history. Is that American (laughs) politics had forgotten that George Wallace and those of his ilk had ever existed. It was like, okay... We've gone past this, and now, like white people that we elected to uh, put into elected office, are not abject racists in real life in public. Well, I'd push back on that a little bit,
0: actually, because um, it's not that we forgot that someone like George Wallace existed. I mean, I'll you know, I'll 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 cop to and own my background. I mean, I you know, I'm born in D.C., but my family left when we were eight. I grew up in mostly like white midwestern suburbs, and so you know, we learned our U.S. history, and we learned about the civil rights era, and we learned about Rosa Parks and George, you know, and George Wallace and 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 all of the figures um uh from that era but what we learned was that those were the bad guys. Right. You know, it was very much a uh you know, Martin Luther King and the black people fighting for civil rights were the good guys. Right. And George Wallace and the P- the segregationists were the bad guys with, you know, my right. my 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 air quotes there. So like we learned about that stuff, we knew about it, but it was sort of it was it was a very clear delineation. It wasn't like, well, they were really fighting for states' rights or, or you know, it's not so much that they hated black people, it's just that they just didn't want to, like, see that. I mean, it was none of, none of the nuance. It was the good guys were led by Martin Luther King and the bad guys led by were Paul's, a bunch right. of southern white people who didn't want blacks to sit at the same uh, lunch counter as them.
1: Right. I mean, I think there's also a thing that needs to be stated in the midst of this as well, in the sense that, like, There was always a notion in the black community, not that I'm speaking for all black people, but I am, unfortunately. Um, You are today. Right, today, yes. Um, Where you always questioned just how racist the white guy was. Because you knew that they were racist. On some level. On some level. Yeah. But, like, you're like, okay, so, like, where is their racist line? (laughs) And it's like, I'll never forget when I was a kid and, like, you know, I loved NWA growing up as a child. And like you know, until like a certain point when it was like Easy like comes to like the White House and gives George Bush a check, and you're like, "No, <laughs> that's not okay, man. Like, you can't do that because now you've crossed the line, and now we know just how racist he is. He's willing to accept checks from gangsters. <laughs> like, he's not willing to. He's not. He didn't accept the check from Jesse." You know, shout out to Jesse living right down the street. You know, he didn't accept a check from like Ralph Abernathy or you know like some like D- Michael Jackson. He accepted a check from Eric Easy E Wright, and you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> of all the, really? Okay, you're a bad man. Now I know where your line is. Yeah. And the thing with Trump that as unique is that he stood up and was like, there is no line. With mm-hmm. me <clears throat> right i i'm just going to say it right now black if, people are second class just there if you think i can't go lower try me <laughs> <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> black people are that second that seems to
0: be that seems to be like the the
1: mantra of the trump uh, yeah. uh, presidency it's like i'm 70 years old black people are second class they've always been second class i just wanted to let you know that yeah have yeah. a good day
0: so racism again i mean can we can we kind of accept this definition of yeah. racism prejudice discrimination antagonism directed against a group of people of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Based on this definition, if we if we can accept that, is Donald Trump a racist? And my answer is yes. It has been yes ever since, um, you know, I mean, the first time I realized it was when he started doing media suggesting that President Obama was not born in the United States. Um, And rather than the shame and embarrassment of, you know, being discovered as a fraud on that, on that issue, he, he actually doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down. Um, So because I seem to get this pushback all the time from people uh, uh, on, on, on the right um, that, how can you say Donald Trump's a racist? He's not a racist. He said nice things to Omarosa, and you know he hires lots of Hispanics and Black people to do construction at his sites. It's 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 a little bit it's a little bit ludicrous. So I actually wanted to go through, and we're actually gonna this is gonna bleed over into our next segment as well. Yeah, there's no way we're gonna get it done here in the time we left. No, definitely on this segment. run run through it though. But like, it's, but it's important. I feel like there is a. Point by point case to be made, and it does not begin in 2015 when he came down the uh, uh, the escalator at Trump Tower and said that you know Mexicans were rapists and criminals. (laughs) It did not begin with Charlottesville, it did not begin with Sheriff Joe Arpaia, it did not begin with Jeff Sessions, it did not begin with birtherism. Like, there is a clear he has clear issues with people of other races and you know we discussed this a little bit beforehand yeah, right. you know look if you were a rich kid growing up in new york you're rich you're white everyone you know is rich and white every rich person you see is white and every black person you see is working at the restaurant is serving you is working at the store is the shoe shine guy at the corner you know whatever if right you're, you're a rich guy from manhattan that's your experience of of race relations right is i'm not a racist i you know, Steve down
1: the street shines my shoes twice a week. Yeah, or then like the rich, and I give him a good tip. Yeah, the rich or the rich black guy you know is Mike Tyson, <laughs> or Larry Holmes, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. Like these are not like you you know these people, but they're not like political leaders or like intellectual leaders, intellectual leaders, they're thought leaders. They're, they're not.
0: They're not people who can challenge you. Who can challenge you? There are people you're never that... gonna. You're never gonna get on the on a basketball court with Michael Jordan. You're never gonna get in a boxing ring with Larry Holmes. So these are not people who are seriously going to right. challenge you. But it's your also people that you know that if you self-perception. give
1: perception, it's people that you know if you give them money, they will shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean dead honest. If you if you're Donald Trump, you learn at a very early age. If I give Larry Holmes four point eight million dollars. You will punch somebody in the face and not say boo-hoo to me about my own personal beliefs. And in the meantime, I'll make $20 Exactly. It's like, cool, great, awesome. He's not going to say anything. So you learn how to like – and that's important in the sense of with with Trump is that at a very early age, he learned that his white wealth uh, could silence black voices. Yeah. And that is everything. And, right. and, and that's and I think that's important in the conversation we're about to have about the things and, that and
0: and 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 what he's realizing now as president is that with the presidency you can't make problems go away by cutting a check right and that's the same whether you're dealing with North Korea or whether you're dealing with black people in America uh, minorities in America Hispanics right. Asians um, I mean you know the man seems to have issues so anyway here's what we're gonna do we're gonna take a short break we are going to come back and we are going to lay out the case Donald yes. Trump. Is if yes. You're listening to Insert Name Here This is a draft Here at Insert Name Here We like to think of ourselves as a real podcast um, But we're very clearly Not Not A real podcast If we were a real podcast for example This space would be occupied By an advertisement By an actual commercial Venture That enjoyed our programming, and felt that we reached a sufficiently large enough audience that
2: they would pay to advertise in this space. So like, like the Defense Department piping us in, in Guantanamo because we're the one thing that could make people crack? <laughs> there it is!
0: And we're back. Welcome back to Insert Name Here because we are not nearly creative enough to come up with a real name. Thank you. Um, if you have uh, show name ideas... We are open to them. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at woke since 84 uh, you can also hit me up on Facebook actually you can't hit me up on Facebook because my wife changed my privacy settings <laughs> so my ex-girlfriends can't can't hunt me down uh, <laughs> there it is there it is there it is so anyway in the in the our previous segment we were sort of talking about the definition of racism and you know we got into some some racial issues but what I really want to get into because there just seems to be so much pushback and it seems to be and an issue that's very self-evident you know people just say well Donald Trump's a racist Donald Trump's right. a racist okay well let's 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 dig into that why do we say that he's a racist because i do believe that he 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 is a racist i, I mean if you are supporting racist policies and you are giving comfort and and aid to white supremacists if you are creating policies that that are intended to have negative impacts on minority groups. If you say the things that you say Mm -hmm. and do the things that he does, it's very hard to make the argument, in my my opinion, that he is not a racist. But that being said, as a lawyer, I still feel the need to make the affirmative case. But of course. I'm going to accept the burden of proof on this issue. So what I did was I sort of broke down in, in bullet points. Right. Donald Trump pre campaign for presidency. Donald Trump presidential campaign, and then Donald Trump president. And um, you know, uh, a lot of these points are just right literally right. off the top of my head. Yeah. If I if I had if I had actually spent some more time doing doing more research, I'm sure more. sure I could have come up with more. So let's, more right? so let's hit some of these points here. Some of these fine points here. Donald Trump pre campaign. I mean, we start all the way back, you know. I mean, so many people talk about racism as being something that is—it's obviously not, not inherent. It's not genetic. It's—it's right. it's a function of the environment that you grow up in. So I think that something like this is—is is maybe important. You know, we know, for instance, that uh, Donald Trump's father, Fred, was arrested in 1927 after a riot in New York that involved uh, the KKK and the NYPD. He was never named in the news articles, a New York Times article. Uh, from 1927, he was never named as a KKK member, but you know he was at the riot and he right. was one of the people <laughs> arrested. I suppose it's not out of the realm of possibility to imagine a scenario in which, you know, Fred Trump uh, was 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 you know visiting the you know the the homeless shelter and delivering meals on wheels and just happened to cross the street yeah. as the KKK and NYPD were it coming was, it to, was, coming to loggerheads. It, it was, it and, was, it was know, his man's in them. <laughs> how did I help? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you right. could, you could, you could come up with a reasonable, uh, I mean, you know, like
1: I said, it was his man's in them. It wasn't like actually <laughs> him. It was like, yeah. you know, my man's in them was out there doing their KKK thing. And, yeah. you know, I don't support that, but they how were did, just doing how, their thing. How did
0: I get involved in all of this? I but, just
1: gave them a ride. All of that said, in my Model T.
0: All that said, it is not an unreasonable inference to suggest that Fred probably had some affinity for the Klan, probably had no love for black people. Um, you know, as we said, the circles that they ran in, I'm sure, were yeah. exclusively white. Uh, you know, growing up, and you know, we move up to the the, the 70s at this point. You know, Trump is already, um, you know, building a, a a real estate empire in 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 New York, and um, on two different occasions, had to settle with DOJ. Over accusations of housing discrimination, basically saying we're not going to sell to to black people, right? That's that's problematic,
1: uh, you know. But I mean, in in Trump's defense, that was the the whole nature of New York City housing in the 1970s was to ghettoize African American populations. Sure, sure, but right. No, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just like making sure that people. I'm making sure that for the purposes of you know, like. Fair and honest discourse. Okay, that that, this is that's fair. Stated, I, want, right? I want. I
0: want. I. I. I, right. I. We. We should. We should be fair to all. <laughs> to all counterpoints.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, right. Of, but no. But there, of there, the but, housing
0: discrimination settlements that he had to enter into with the right. Department of Justice right, because right. he wouldn't sell to black people. Yeah. I
1: mean. I. But. Yes. The, but that's the reason why he had to enter into those settlements because he refused to sell to black people who were then ghettoized. That's correct. You
0: that's know. correct. Yeah. Um. You know. Obviously, we we discussed it previously. I mean, he actually along with Sheriff Arpaio. Uh, was the main person giving legitimacy to the birther claims that were going around? Sort of at the at the time, it was like sort of the alt alt right. Yeah. Now it's just the alt right. But um, how do you choose Kenya? <laughs> That's where his dad is from, isn't I know. it?
1: Yeah, but it's just like it's like so like he's from. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, there's always been stories, a lot of hearsay about Trump and 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 you know what he said about black people handling his money. If he, you know, he. He had to settle with the New Jersey Casino Commission at one point because there was a complaint from some of his black employees that they were made to leave the casino floor when certain high roller clients came in who didn't want to see black people in the casino.
1: Right. Um, he only wanted guys with yarmulkes. Only guys with yarmulkes handling his money. Hammocking, handling his money, yes. Which makes him absolutely not a racist. <laughs> <laughs> just likes the, He just likes the Jews.
0: Oh, he likes the Jews handling his money. There you go. And his daughter. Right.
1: Hey. Hey, hey, hey now. Hey now. Hey, hey now.
0: now. Uh the Central Park Five. To me, this is a, kind of a big one too. You know, he took out a full page ad, I believe in this in the New York Daily News or maybe the Post. Um, New York Post, yeah. Calling for the death penalty for um the five black or four black and one Hispanic youth who were arrested after uh what was a legitimately very brutal uh rape incident that occurred to a jogger uh in Central Park. The five were later exonerated, not just found not guilty. Yeah. flat exonerated, and to this day he doesn't admit that he made a mistake um, in calling for the death penalty. Something that New York, I'm pretty sure at the time, no, did, did not, not have. have, right? So uh, that's that's problematic as well. Um, you know, once we get into the presidential campaign, this is God, where I haven't
1: thought about Wilding in like twenty years. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, we get to the presidential campaign and I feel
0: like this is where, uh, the material starts to come fast and furious. You know, it's, it's, he clearly realized that he was tapping into something in his campaign. Um, I think immigration in particular is a very animating position for that element of his, his supporters. And so, you know, I mean, he starts out his campaign, he starts out his campaign saying that Mexicans are criminals and rapists, that Mexico is not sending their best and brightest over here um <clears throat> you know i mean, yeah. some he assumes are good people right but <laughs> by implication for the most part they're criminals and rapists yeah, as, exactly as someone who uh does immigration law and sees these people on a daily basis i can tell you that the majority are not <laughs> rapists and criminals but even like vincente fox never <laughs> don't get me started on that guy <laughs> um Fucking wall. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think he needs. I think he needs to do another Facebook video where he says he's not going to pay for the fucking wall. Yes. Just go away, Vicente. Seriously. Um. He refuses to denounce the endorsement of David Duke, who was the uh, former KKK leader. Uh, the whole issue with Judge Curiel in the Trump University lawsuit—that um, always to me seemed like a, a a nice sort of like Trump campaign story because it hit on the sort of racism slash bigotry as well as sort of like the the con man aspect yeah. of of trump's persona really really tied that together in a neat bow but just for people who who forget or who drank themselves into a coma on election <laughs> night um of which i may or may not have been one oh, uh, <clears throat> Judge judge was presiding over the trump university lawsuit in which people who uh, paid money to trump university for the purpose of becoming a baller like Trump, uh, yeah. suddenly realized that ballerhood was not in the, <laughs> <Most> <laughs> not in the offing. And so uh, they sued him for, for fraud. And, and uh, Donald Trump said that uh, Judge Curiel could not uh, judge his case because he, his family was Mexican. And, uh, and he's looking to build a wall. He's yeah. looking to, he, that's what he said. He said, I'm building a wall. I'm building a wall. How can this guy judge me? I mean, that was functionally what he said to George Stephanopoulos on a Sunday morning. I remember uh, interview. So, um, you know, there was the tweeting the picture of Hillary uh, on the dollar bill with the six pointed star, um, which is, I mean, the six pointed star is sort of what uh, people in the, in concentration camps were yes. were had 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 stitched onto their clothing, and uh, and and of course, this image came from an anti Semitic website. Yeah, big shock. Um, you know, there was the quote about. Uh, Ghazala Khan. This is the Gold Star family who spoke. The father spoke at the Democratic National Committee. Pulled out, you know. I mean, and 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 we all remember the, you know, him pulling out the, the 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 pocket copy of his Constitution and sort of, you know, shaking it at at <laughs> at, at, at Donald Trump. And you know, he said something about the the mother because she didn't she didn't speak. And you know, said something like, "Well, I mean, you know, maybe she's not allowed to say anything. <laughs> maybe she's not allowed to speak." You know, actually, just a. She, she, she had to walk behind her husband getting on stage. You know how those people are, you know. It's, it's just ludicrous, ludicrous. Um, there was also the, I know you wanted to talk about this, the exhortation of his crowds to rough up a Black Lives Matter protest.
1: Yeah, like when you, that, that was the point for me. It was like, okay, so like, I have a really long rope with Donald Trump because like as someone who's a professional wrestling promoter, Donald Trump is nothing but like a B-rate charlatan to me. He's like a B-rate Carney. He's like Vince McMahon minus... So I'm like, okay, so I have a long, long, long rope for Donald Trump. He can do pretty much whatever he wants, and I'm just going to laugh. Like, I'm just going to be like, really? Like, really? Really? <laughs> like, you know, the Zalacanth. And you're like, those people. Really? Like, that's just the most basic thing. But then when you're like, hey, white people, beat up the black guy who doesn't like me. Yeah. And then the white people go, uh-huh. And they proceed to beat up the, black. you're like. Great idea, great idea. You're yeah. like, wait, that's, ac-. like, you're like, hold on, hold on, America, like, hold on. You know this is actually racist. Like, <laughs> you understand this is, like, actual racism. Like, like the other stuff is, like, benignly semi-racist. Right, you right, could right. feasibly, like, explain your way out of it. But then when you're, like, beat up the black person who thinks that black people deserve to live. And you, all of you are white. Let's do that. Like no, 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 that that's actually racist. Yeah. Like well, you're yeah. there.
0: Yeah, I mean it gets into the whole thing. If
1: it's if it's something that is going to negatively impact people of one race. Right. If you it's like if, if they had it dogs, it's like it's the same notion of like, okay, so when they set dogs upon black people and you yeah. know, shot fire hoses at them They just didn't have any dogs or fire hoses. Right, they, the they didn't have dogs and fire hoses. That's the only thing. It's like, yeah, it's the same thing. Just just come on, people. Come on, Right. Come on. right okay. Right. So then we move to Donald Trump as president.
0: Um, Jeff Sessions. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a real big one. You know, Sessions. Sessions is the. um, He's the big problem. He's a big problem in, in, in this administration because, one, he is setting immigration priorities. I mean, you know, General Kelly was running DHS and, you know, I mean, he obviously had a lot of input into that, but direction anything that happens on immigration um in this country functionally is at least with respect to deportations is run by the justice department um our immigration judges the board of immigration appeals are all uh doj employees and i appear before immigration judges all the time and 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 i find them to be by and large fair-minded people um but i also believe that they're receiving instructions from dc saying you know Let's deport more people. Stop, right. stop granting as many asylums as you do. Stop granting as many continuances as you do, and have these cases drag on for years and years. Get them out. Get yeah. them out. We're finding them. We're putting them in front of you. You get them out. Like I do believe that that has been sort of the marching orders from on high. Um, he Sessions has also uh, upped the drug war,
1: right? Which to me is fascinating in a sense that like. Again, this is all, like, when we talk about it, like, you know, this is all, like, greatest hits of, like, mm-hmm. you know, classic conservatism. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a thing with Trump where, like, the the, the 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 Republican Party and, like, alt-right people had gone so far into, like, this neoconservative lean. Where, like, it was brand-new people, brand-new issues, brand-new things, like Pepe the Frog and all this other, you know, horseplay. And then it's like, you know, Trump's like, no, 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 we're going to scrap all of that and we're going to bring back all of your greatest hits. Yep. We're going to bring back, this is your brain. this is your brain on drugs any (laughs) questions and then it's like and then it was like you know david duke just appears and you're just like (laughs) i thought we were finished with him in in 87 it's like wait so like it's like you know like you know known for hits like the 1988 presidential election it's david duke
0: yeah
1: yeah and you know they walk out like this is your life it's like it's It's weird. It's like, it's exactly like this is your life for like a conservative, like, you know, fanatic, like everything is back on the table again. It's
0: like, it's like if Metallica went on tour and they said, we're not playing anything past 92. Yeah. And you're just like,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) Only 83 to 92. That's all we're playing. Um, And that's,
1: and that's Trump's like, yeah, happy space. That is his happy space.
0: Uh, You know, there's the voter suppression efforts. There's Charlottesville, his response to Charlottesville, you know. I mean, I keep hearing I keep hearing from the right wing that, you know, he denounced the KKK, he denounced the Nazis. He did that in the teleprompter speech that he promptly shit on within 24 <laughs> hours. Like, he came up with a bullshit, like, you know, there's been violence on many sides kind of thing that then he was rightfully pilloried over, including by many uh, in, from his own party. So he came out with a telepromptered speech that was written by, Probably some responsible adult, right. um, and he read it dutifully. If yeah. through gritted teeth, it was pretty obvious that he was be sort of being made to do that. Right. And then, literally, literally, the next opportunity he has in front of in front of behind a microphone, in front of cameras, in front of the media, he goes back to what he was saying about violence on all sides, where many fine people just basically shits on everything that he did in the teleprompter speech. And so we got really the unfiltered Trump, exactly what he thought. Exactly yeah. what he thought. And he had this wasn't an issue like he hadn't really thought about or anything. Like he had very clearly defined thoughts right. about the white supremacists who marched with torches and guns through Charlottesville. Yeah. And he was did not really seem to have too much of a problem with it. He seemed to have as much problem with the people who were who were anti-white supremacy, who were anti-neo-Nazis as he was the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis. And I'd also like to make another quick point, too. White supremacy is violence, okay? Yes. So you cannot say that, well, you know, these people were engaged in violence against the neo-Nazis who were marching through Charlottesville. They're just as culpable. No, they're not. <laughs> they are absolutely they are, not.
1: They are responding to they are absolutely violence not. against they them. They are
0: responding to violence against them. Whether a neo-Nazi has, has actually thrown a punch or fired a shot, it doesn't matter. If they are there, gathered, running through my town, they are gonna. With, they're gonna with get guns,
1: it. by the way, with guns.
0: Yeah, like with you guns. notice. You notice they don't. They don't roll through Watts. No, they don't roll through. <laughs> they don't roll through Southeast DC. No, they they, they don't run. They don't run through the Bronx. No, they don't. They don't roll they through know. any of
1: these places. Um, they know. But, um, like I was, we were talking about this earlier, and I think it bears mentioning that. Um, a lot of the stuff that Trump is doing is in in my mind a direct way to dis dis uh disable the Republican Party. He's successfully Donald Trump has successfully disabled the Democratic Party. Um yeah. the Democratic Party's in trouble. Like I, yeah. I get And to, we're gonna talk about yeah, that. We're next about this next. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm setting it up. See oh, there yeah. it is, there it is, there it is. So yeah, so no, it's like and now he is set upon attempting to take over the Republican Party under his own terms. Wow. And by and this is by angering Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell to the point where they break like mm. Ted Cruz, mm. Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush, who all three of them broke. Yep. At various points. Well, they were in, in, they were broken. Right, in epic <laughs> ways. And we finally got Paul Ryan like yesterday standing up and saying that was wrong. Yes. Joe, that was wrong. You, you are wrong. So they finally got Paul Ryan. Well, to be fair,
0: Paul Ryan, I mean, we're talking about the same Paul Ryan who every time Trump does something outrageous says, that's really outrageous, <laughs> and it's not something that I would be in favor of if somebody, anybody, whose name I will not mention, were to do this thing right. It would be terribly outrageous. But they're just there. I don't think
1: that that should happen. But they're pushing him like they're literally it's it's trolling at this point. It's it's really (laughs) unfortunate. It's like, well, he is a master of trolling. Oh, he is. He's trolling them. It's like, how else do you find David Duke? How else do you like say there was violence on both sides? Like, how do you like you don't say these things without a a notion of irony underlying your voice of like, (laughs) I know what this is going to
0: do to you. So so the cherry on top of this case comes Friday night. When uh, Donald Trump pardons Joe Arpaio, the uber racist uh, former sheriff of Maricopa County, Arizona,
1: who he's the kind of guy who says "Mex, I can't." <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> I just get he, the sense that when I look at him, I go, "That's that guy." He
0: was found in criminal contempt of court. He was being sued by the ACLU. His his office was being and him and him personally being sued by the ACLU. Because they engaged in racial profiling of U.S. citizens, of legal permanent residents, people who have rights in, this uni- in the United States, constitutional rights, um, and, and and rounding them up be- on, on the belief that because they looked Mexican that they were illegals. And uh, he was ordered to stop. He,
1: his office did not stop. Man, I was at Moombatone Massive last night. I could have been easily rounded up. <laughs> I'm sure I looked mad Mexican last night when I was dancing to cumbia. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Positive.
0: Um, and and so and so Arpaio was found in criminal contempt for violating the constitutional rights of citizens and permanent residents. Um, and Trump pardons him. Yeah, basically saying to between Arpaio and Charlottesville, basically saying to white supremacists, look, have at it. Do you, yeah. you you
1: you do you. You a, do you, but again, there's a larger narrative to be said here that you're tearing you're tearing the Republican Party apart so that ultimately you can he can win in 2020, and that hopefully in 2018 there's some rise of some person that will be around for 2024 when Trump can't run and can carry on this like you know mm. ultra you know not I don't even call it conservative I just call it you know Carney charlatan bullshit nonsense yeah party that. We have now, where it's all like obfuscation and chicanery and horseplay until somebody actually loses an eye, right? Or their life, or their life, you know. And it's it. And that's where we are. So I mean, it's it's fascinating. Well, it's,
0: let's uh, yeah, let's get into in our next segment. We'll talk uh, a little bit about uh, the resistance, yeah, aka the Democrats, and uh, let's see if there's any hope. <laughs> 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 anyway.
2: That's insert name here. Do you have a commercial venture you'd like to associate with a terrible and poorly listened to political podcast? You too can come in as a sponsor of the One Love Massive Collective and this podcast by contacting us at WokeSince84 or at the at One Love Massive Twitter account. Ian's supposed to be trying to make me crack up during this, but as we can see, he was born with a sense of humor. And no sense th- of humor whatsoever. No sense of humor whatsoever. It's it's really tragic. I would
0: like to point out, you can yeah. also reach Scott at uh, at pute on myself. Okay, He's that's eighty seven.
2: Okay, again, that's that's reaching Ian. That's his. That's I don't check that Twitter. Uh, I don't know I, anything I about check it, that. I check it for him. I, <laughs> I, I make sure to retweet. God damn it! you made me break. God damn it!
0: All right, welcome back to insert name here. Yes. Um, all right, so we're 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 calling an audible here. This segment was originally going to be about the uh uh the transgender ban uh that that, that Trump just initiated yeah. in the military. Uh but Marcus and I were talking But that's a, but that's just another troll. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: okay. Honestly, straight up. <laughs> we it's can, another
0: fucking troll. We can we can we can put a bow on that one. That's a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a troll job. Um which it clearly is. Yes. But but we started talking about, you know, sort of like what are the Democrat hopes? um, in 2020 yeah. to defeat Trump and end our national nightmare. Um, and so, you know, we, to me, I, it always helps to think about this almost like an NCAA bracket, you know, right? You've got a, a governor's, uh, a draw, maybe a Senator's draw, right. a celebrity draw. And then, you know, kind of like a, a, a grab bag, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah. it, it helps to think about them in buckets. Right. Um, so we were talking today, Marcus. Tell me, like who who do you like to talk about as as potentials um, for twenty twenty?
1: I mean, okay. first of all, what
0: bucket are we in?
1: What bucket are we in? We'll we'll, we'll start and uh, we'll start in the the governor. I mean, John Kasich wants he wants to do it. He really, 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 really wants to be president. Real, 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 real bad. Well, I'd argue anybody who throws their hat in the ring wants that. But but he really does. Like you yeah. get the sense that like he's like and. The thing about John is fascinating is that he's like in that classic mode of like white man who was president in the 20th century, <laughs> which to me is going to be his downfall. Yeah, because we've seen him and we we know him mm-hmm. and we know his limitations. Um, we know that race is going to be a sticky point. I think that's the one thing with Hillary is that Hillary was like the last of that candidate. Mm-hmm. I think for, for, for life at this point, because she so comically fumbled the issue of race and so comically fumbled the issue of pop culture and so comically fumbled the issue of like the internet and like right. you know modern modern era politics. She was a twentieth century conventional politician. Right. And and that's where that's where John is. And it's like anyone's through the, the cross party thing you were talking about?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean I remember seeing Kasich uh in the in the GOP primary and he would say stuff and i'd be like okay i mean look i haven't voted for a republican in my life because i don't yeah. believe in a lot of the things that republicans represent and i think that that's and and
1: that's the thing with with Kasich that's funny is that he, he wouldn't run he, he's not going to run if he runs he's yeah. not going to run as a republican
0: right but i remember yeah. i remember looking at him and hearing what he was saying i was like he's the most you know the most sane likable person <laughs> on this stage and the right. fact that i think this means that he's he's fucked right yeah he's not getting any he's not yeah. he's not winning anything and sure enough he was fucked. He right. was he was liberals' favorite Republican candidate, yeah. and uh, in twenty seventeen, conservative land, that means, no.
1: that means you're fucked. Yeah, and I think that in twenty twenty, Democratic Party land, that means you're fucked too. Because oh yeah. the the thing is, is that like, okay, so you're dealing- well, Kasich.
0: Let, let's just also say though, Kasich wants to run with John Hickenlooper, who's the governor of Colorado, yeah. Democratic. Democratic governor of Colorado. Oh, so, lady. their thinking is unity ticket. Yeah. And to me, my point that I made to you earlier was this if you are going to run outside of the traditional party structure, you need to be like outside of
1: the party structure, well, not, not, say not that, be former party hacks. Well, they're going to say that, that pot is the thing because it's Colorado. So, it's the first thing that people are going to go. They're going to go, oh, this is the yeah. liberal pot man candidate. If fucking Ohio <laughs>
0: legalizes pot before vir- before the Commonwealth of Virginia does, I'm gonna be awfully pissed off. I
1: mean, off. well, that's that's where we go with this. Like, that's the most logical part of yeah. it. Like when I when I saw that, I was like,
0: "Well, libertarians have been saying for years that pot should be a great conservative issue, right? It really should be. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a
1: it's a it's a personal liberty issue. Um, but doesn't that make him more of a libertarian than anything else? I mean, I. Like, which is the whole other sticky wicket. Don't get me started on libertarians. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I mean, me I mean, that's the thing to think about, though. And like to continue this conversation about the Democratic ticket is that you're going to find a lot of people who are traditional third party candidates who are going to move to the Democratic Party because they see a giant, wide open, gaping hole yeah, where they can fill in. And so you'll see, I think, a rise of people who would have run as a libertarian or as a Green Party or whatever. Like actively trying to campaign for the Democratic ticket, right, right? Right. Which is a fascinating and frightening, you know, consideration. You're just like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, also to think about. Um, we should talk about uh, Kamala Harris and. Well, yeah, I was gonna Corey say. Booker. I was gonna
0: say. Speaking of the hits, yeah. I feel like I feel like there's gonna be a there's like a, a sub primary of the Democratic primary that is going to be like white liberals' favorite black politician. And just, and, and it's black gonna be people... Cory Cory Booker. Kamala Harris, and then also there's some talk of uh, Devin, uh, 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 Deval Patrick. Yeah. My my, my apologies. No. The
1: Patrick family. I just.
0: Deval Patrick, former governor of Massachusetts.
1: Yeah. And, and, and Obama friend. Well, I mean, that's that's his, that's his whole narrative. That's all he needs. He just stands like the barrio. Like, <laughs> hey, this is my friend, Barack. Remember him? He's Barack. Can't Cory Booker do that, though? No, no. Corey can't do that because Corey, because is the is 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 the the, the 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 he was supposed to be the 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 second coming of Barack of Barack, but he he lacks his charisma and he lacks his um track record and he lacks his um ability to actually like foster positive change. Mm-hmm. Um, I want everybody who's listening to this podcast to go to Newark, New Jersey at least once in their life before trying to vote for Cory Booker. I will not. Because if you go to Newark, you'll understand that, like, half of Newark is amazing. And it's, like, and it's sad because, like, you'll go there and it's, like, mainly inhabited by, like, you know, upper middle class black people and very wealthy white people. Then you go to the other half of Newark, which is, like, the slums. And it's (laughs) largely inhabited by, like, working class to, like, you know, homeless, largely African-American, also Latino population population. And it's, like, traditional 1985 inner city. inner city, And yeah. you're just, like, this is what you did, <laughs> Cory Booker. Like, you know, like, it's funny. Like, Capital Wrestling. Like, we, we run Hoboken and Jersey City because we don't want to run Newark. Like, it's, like, we'll happily stay in these, like, hipster, hipstery, gentrified, like, locales where, yeah. you know, you have, like, families with, like, you know, Like, nuclear family with a car and a dog and, you know, like, 2.5 kids. And, you know, like, Newark is not that. But the funny part is that people believe that Corey's this man of change because he changed Newark. He only changed half of Newark. Mm -hmm. He left before he could get the job done because he knew he couldn't get the job done. Right, right, right.
0: All right, so in that primary of um, white liberals, white liberals' favorite
1: favorite black politician, who you got? Well, Kamala Harris, if only because she's not Cory Booker. Like she's gonna fall into this great situation where she's a black woman, so this black girl magic thing is gonna actually be a, a campaign issue in 2020. Like the idea that like Kamala Harris is gonna have like Issa Rae and Beyonce and every magical black woman, uh, Ava Duvernay, like Shonda <laughs> Rhimes, like just run them, run them, run them. They're all gonna Viola show up. Harris. Yeah, they're all gonna show up and be like, "This is our girl." Yeah, magic. A- and the thing is that she has no track record of which to speak really that's like a part of her larger narrative in the state of california so you're gonna be like she's just magical so it's like the emperor with new clothes so she's been she's been
0: the attorney general of california she is uh the junior u.s senator from california yeah when 2020 rolls around i'd argue that she has More of a national profile than Barack Obama did at the same point leading up to the
1: 2008 The problem problem with her is that Barry came into Congress knowing he wanted to be the president and was doing things actively that were, like, so ostentatious and bold to the point where you couldn't avoid Barack Obama. Like, we knew who Obama was the second he became a a, a A congressman. It's like a senator. It's like, okay, he's here. He's really smart. He's handsome. He's debonair. He's always on the news. Whenever there's an issue in Congress, the first guy that stands up when the camera shows up is that Barack Obama. And he always has the most amazing thing to say. He always knows the right thing to say. He's always about change. Kamala Harris, do we see him? And her? white people love him. And white people love him because he's so charismatic. He's so well-spoken. <laughs> he speaks so articulate. well. Articulate, articulate. Yeah, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and by the time, you know, 2006 rolled around, he's like, I'm thinking about doing a thing <laughs> that might require some hope. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what that thing is, but I think you know. Very audacious. Yeah. Very audacious. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah, but right. nobody but nobody does that. And um, there's other people to name, like, and they're not on the Republican ticket, on the Democratic ticket, but they impact the Democratic ticket. Like, if the Rock decided he wanted to run for president, like, oh boy. every other Democrat just needs to fold up and go home. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious because it could happen. It could very feasibly happen. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility. This is this is the United States of America, and we could, I could absolutely
0: see us correcting the the idea of hiring a political nobody with no skills, no experience.
1: The the actual former six time world wrestling and fixing that, world and fixing champion. that, and fixing that by hiring another.
0: Rich guy with no political experience.
1: Yeah, because he, he's gonna raise the eyebrow at China. Oh boy! And they were the all rock. screwed. All right. So, in the in the
0: in the white people's favorite black politician race, do
1: we do we both
0: agree Kamala Harris? Yeah, comes out of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: And it's all and it's all smoke and
0: mirrors. I would say don't sleep on Al Franken.
1: Al, Fra- but I mean the thing with Al Franken is that Al Franken's only like value in this conversation. Is that he is a former writer at Saturday Night Live? People need to remember that about Al Franken. Like, and I know it's such a, it seems like such a benign, ridiculous point because it has nothing to do with anything with policy or his background or his and it, and his background in, in Congress is stellar, which is like the most, of, which is important. He checks out. Like when right. you look at his like congressional record, it checks out. It's substantive. Yeah, it's really substantive, and it's like very deep and definitely he knows what he's talking about. But it's the fact that like. The key with Trump is that to beat Trump, you have to make people feel willing to laugh at him out loud. I get I get I take shit online because I laugh at Donald Trump every single day because I'm like, did you really just pardon <laughs> Joe Arpaio Joe Arpaio? Like did that? What what, went into that? And there's a moment where Al Franken, because it's Al Franken, can posit questions mm-hmm. to Donald Trump in a <clears throat> debate in front of the whole world and say, why Why did you say that both sides were to blame when the white woman was hit by the car in Charlottesville, Driven Virginia? by the white supremacist. Yeah, why did you say that both sides were to blame? And he'll just give him a look. And it'll be funny, and everybody will laugh and go,
0: yeah.
1: you're an idiot.
0: It takes real skill to... Tell people how they should think and how they should feel without telling them how they should think and right. how they should feel,
1: and that's and that's. And that's sometimes it
0: does. takes an ironic, slapstick kind of comic to be able to do that, right? To shine that light right on. And somebody. that's
1: and I think that's the value in Al Franken, and, and and the thing with him is that like, doing that is a really difficult yeah. thing because irony doesn't play well in flyover states. Yeah, like you have, like I mean, I think it can. And I think he's yeah. I think he's I think he's good enough to do it, but yeah, it, it it'll be intriguing to see. So
0: just to put a ball on this, basically it'll be Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, twenty twenty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when we come oh. back when we come back, we're gonna talk about our favorite
2: things that we saw this You're week. Off. You're listening to insert name here, cause neither Ian nor I are smart enough to come up with a name. <clears throat> <clears throat> but well <clears throat> Do you have something in your throat? I do. Yeah. Well, in the politically meantime. Politically Okay, we already said no to that. But if I, you have an idea for what to call this, you can tweet me in at woke since 84 on Twitter. Ian, we're not going to politically transmitted diseases. We're not.
0: As I mentioned, my friend Matt uh, came up with Politico Indigai, which is a take on,
2: for those of you who don't know, Pico de Gallo. Sort of like sort of. Who hurt you? <laughs> yes!
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Insert Name Here. Marcus, this is our time of the week where we talk about our favorite thing that yeah. we saw this mm-hmm. week. So, lay it on us, man. Okay, so... Lay it um, on us. I mean, favorite it, thing you it, saw this
1: week. It has to be the the Mayweather-McGregor fight. <sighs> if only because we're... And this is a political podcast, so it works. But, um... We're at a place in this country <laughs> where, like, F-grade charlatan behavior is perfectly okay. <laughs> so, so It's rewarded. It's rewarded. So uh, let's, let's lay this down. Okay, so Floyd Mayweather has won 49 professional boxing fights and is best known for not getting hit by people <laughs> who are far better actual boxers than a mixed martial artist champion who is best known for kneeing people in the head, yeah. not even actually using his hands. Yeah, not even actually like you know like choking people out, so. but he's known for strikes that don't involve his hands. Yeah, and he is going to be involved in a hand striking battle with a person who doesn't actually get struck by very many hands. Right,
0: <laughs> it's almost like you could script exactly how this was going to go. <laughs> right, but a man a man who's used to doing three three minute rounds is now suddenly going to go fourteen two minute rounds. Right. against perhaps the greatest fighter. At not getting not hit, not getting hit. At backing away, using his footwork, staying out, letting the opponent right. uh, 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 tire himself out. And
1: then in the midst of it, like we, it, it, it was a showcase. I think for the last month of like everything wrong with America. Yeah. It's like okay, so like Conor McGregor is white, but he's not like you know like Chuck Weptner white, or like Ray Boom Boom Mancini white. Right. He's like. White in this, like, millennial 21st century, I am down with rap, and I like using curse words and saying the N-word white sort of way. And that's what he did, you know? And Floyd was there to be, like, black in a way that, you know, like, people have always traditionally been black as boxers. And it was just frightening to watch, like, people be transfixed and be totally okay with, like, every single trope of, like, racism, again, Mm -hmm. that we were talking about on this podcast. Like, just showcased in front of them like yes it's okay yes it's fine it's fine that connor is openly racially taunting floyd mayweather (laughs) that's perfectly okay because they're just being funny boxers and they're just making it happen and it's like you do understand that like connor has no chance of winning so why are we paying a hundred dollars a pop why are we paying thirty five hundred to five thousand dollars for front row seats you know like like the scalpers were scalping tickets for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, the night of the fight, like it's like, why are we doing any of this? Like, why yeah. why are we doing all of this?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's it's it, it was the easiest <clears throat> in hindsight. It was the easiest uh, prediction to make because you, if you understand both of these fighters, that McGregor was going to come out balls ablazing, right? Trying to trying to get the early knockout. Uh, 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 Mayweather was going to you know, do a lot of backing away and a lot of sidestepping and a lot of, if he takes a shot, it's, he, he's able to make it so it's a glancing blow that eventually the guy who's used to fighting for nine minutes is going to get into that sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth round and is going to be tired out and that's when Mayweather's going to make his move on him and that's pretty much exactly how it went down. The other point I would make about it, because I did not actually see I was home with my two and a half month old daughter last night and enjoyed a lovely evening and allowed my wife to go out with some of her friends and they went to a bar to watch the fight and what my wife told me at the bar was that pretty much every white person was rooting for McGregor every black and latino hispanic person was rooting for Mayweather myself I didn't really care about the fight because I don't particularly like either (laughs) of these fighters I don't really like Mayweather and I don't like McGregor and I would not have rooted for either of them I would have rooted for a good fight and it sounds like what we got was pretty much paint-by-numbers what we expected. Yeah,
1: it's like... Good, not great. Yeah, like, I mean, I think we're at a point now where um, this opens the door, I think, like, as far as, like, you know, just, like, to, to put a bow on this. Um, we can now do anything for entertainment. So, like, it just just... We're at a point where, like, there's some happy triangulation of, like, this bizarre mixed martial arts boxing shoot fight reality tv spectacle that we saw that could just be repeated ad infinitum and it's only going to have a lowered rate of like intrigue
0: riddick bow versus a donkey
1: i mean it's 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 possible let's like, get it let's do it that's what we're doing now like i mean if you're you, a promoter make this happen i i i, I would never promote riddick make this Bowe. happen <laughs> i never promote riddick <laughs> bow versus a donkey i mean the, the real money is george foreman versus a donkey don't you know <laughs> Come this, on now. This
0: is why you're a pro, and exactly. I, I'm just, it's, I'm it's a wannabe. I'm 70, a
1: wannabe. 74-whatever-year-old George Foreman against a donkey, but yeah. that's where we are. I mean, if you wanted a, uh, an answer as to where we are as a country, like, it, beyond Joe Arpaio, beyond all of this, Conor McGregor, who does not know how to box, fought the best boxer of all time, and everybody watched it thinking that the, not, thinking that the person that wasn't the best boxer of all time was going to win a boxing match. Yeah, this is literally impossible.
0: If you're an MMA fighter and you get into a boxing ring, you basically have <laughs> knocked out like 75 percent of your repertoire. <laughs> right. I don't.
1: I you know. I don't see how. I don't see how anybody I mean, thought
0: anybody thought that I mean, that was going to go any differently so, than it did. So
1: as a closer, the real winner, the IRS. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Very true. Very true. Congratulations <laughs> for Floyd Mayweather getting out of his IRS debt. So
0: my favorite thing that I saw, and it was not actually this week; it was last week. But since we were off last week, yeah. I, I get to use it. Um, As I mentioned at the top of the show, I I come at uh, the One Love Massive uh, family uh, by virtue of uh, my membership in uh, D.C. uh, jazz, hip-hop, funk, tropical jazz, funk, hip-hop band, The Lucky So-and-Sos. Loop all together. We performed. Uh, we had the opportunity to perform. We were granted the opportunity to perform on the Millennium Stage at Kennedy Center. Shout Out to Diana Ezrins, yes, at yes the yes, Kennedy yes. Center. She's doing yes. amazing work. And also to uh, Tony Pareko, yes, uh, and Paul Vodra from Absolutely. hometown Sounds. They do a monthly, uh, they it do a monthly solid booking over there. Showcase, uh, local local music showcase, and it it really is it, it's a bucket list uh, venue just to be able to perform at the Kennedy Center. Right, um, but we also. You know, we we had standing room only, man. We had every seat filled. We were on the Millennium Stage, as closest to the concert hall. For those people who know their way around the Kennedy Center, we were on that side, um, and so there were actually there's like riser stairs that you walk up to to get to the concert hall from the main hallway, and uh, we had people standing on on the stairs. I mean, it was you know, it was a few hundred people, and and uh, beautiful. It was really beautiful. I felt like we played a, an excellent set of music. We had great, great energy from the crowd. Um, it was truly an, an awesome, awesome experience. An experience for any artist to be able to, you know, perform uh, uh, your art, to be able to perform songs that I've written in front of you know a crowd like that, and to have them be as receptive as they were. Um, uh, the band is 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 super great. So many amazing musicians. My my goal as a musician. Is always to be the least, compli- least accomplished musician in any ensemble that I'm in, Right. and I have that in spades with the Lucky So and So's. Uh, there are so many amazing musicians in, the, in 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 the group. I you know I I I thank all my bandmates for for just being amazing musicians, but amazing people as well. Um, all the people who came out and showed us love and support. It was phenomenal. It was uh, truly an awesome experience for 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 any artist to be able to get that kind of feedback to your art and so that was my favorite thing that i've seen in the last two weeks and uh we really had a great time the set if you're interested by the way is archived on the kennedy center website you can go to their main website kennedy-center.org i believe it is that is it I pre- really should know this, but you can follow the links on Millennium Stage, and they have the archives there. It's Lucky So-and-so's. We performed Friday, August 18th. It's a really great, great set of music, um, and uh, we finished with a bang, too, so so stick it out if you have the hour and want to see uh, what I think. Humbly is an excellent local band. There are Sweet. so many great local bands, um, and I wouldn't uh, presume to rank the Lucky So-and-so's with other groups like Aztec Sun or anything like that. Oh, you're in there. You know, you are so whatever. many, whatever, but, but, uh, I feel like it's a good band. I feel like it's a good band. And, and we, we had a great time. That was my favorite thing that I saw this week. So that wraps up our show, Marcus. Yes, thank sir. you. Thank you so oh, much for filling in. I, we always have uh, great, interesting conversations course, when, when you're here. Also, uh, we've appeared several times together on the chunky glasses podcast, yes. which is another great local music podcast. as yeah, as well as now. Chunkyglasses.com.
1: That's right. Kevin, Kevin
0: Hill, Hill um shout out to uh dj mike phillips magic yes, yes. mike producing on the on the ones and twos and, one and, and uh we really appreciate that thank you to one love massive for hosting as us as always they do uh if you need to know what's good in the district what's good in the dmv hit up one love massive Uh great great people and we are so thankful uh we're thankful to uh our listenership uh both of you and uh Yeah. Right on. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.